This is the Gore Club Podcast with Steve Vessel, Derek Sturgeon, and Death Metal Dave. Right about explorers. <laughs> the explorers. Your, 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 your fellow employees see you and they're like, either he's writing about Joe Dante or, or Manifest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Probably a manifest. To say a manifest to Joe Dante. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, cool. We are recording, hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Gore Club podcast, everyone. I'm Steve Vessel. I'm Death Metal Dave. I'm Ace. Ace is filling in because Derek is taking a week off, and uh, we'll definitely see him next week with hopefully special guest prayer line. So that'll be cool. Uh, huh? Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, <laughs> that's our thing, though. Right? <laughs> we always spoil everything. It's like, I don't want to talk about the end of this movie, but. I'm going to talk about the end of this yeah, movie. Sometimes you just got to say, fuck it. It's 40 <laughs> years old. <laughs> if you haven't seen it now, you're never going to see it. Never going to see it. Right. It might entice you to actually see it because you know the ending's good. Or really fucking bad. It does that for me. I love, I, I don't care if somebody ruins a movie for me because I'll go back and watch it and I'm going to be completely surprised anyways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think for horror nerds, we ruin it for ourselves anyways. We watch every damn trailer. We look at every you know magazine article or link or whatever and then you dissect it and go, you know, you watch uh, whatever YouTube video and they're, they're, they're dissecting it. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing, we're not breaking ground on anything here in this fucking show. No, not, not in this basement. <laughs> So uh, this week, our topic is Joe, Joe Dante. Dante. That was lame. Uh, reminded me God of the uh, public domain theater. Yeah. Uh, which, oh boy. Anyway, so we're going to talk about fun. We're going to talk about Joe Dante. Joseph James Dante Jr. Holy shit, I never knew he was a junior. Eh, he is, apparently. That's what Wikipedia says. Maybe, maybe they're fucking wrong. Uh, a, a New Jersey native. Grew up in Livingston and was the son of a professional golfer. That sounds boring as fuck. Oh, yeah, right? that's. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why he's got to. That's how he got into horror. He's just like, I have to get away from this boring yeah. ass life right? in New Jersey with my golfer dad. I think about it, yeah, you you you're in that kind of environment. You're gonna be like West Craven. It's like I'm gonna be the most imaginative person I know. Yeah, fuck yeah. Says yeah. nothing about his mom though, so who knows? Ooh, maybe she was in the scary stuff. <laughs> he originally wanted to be a cartoonist, according to this, uh, which I guess you could sort of see that in some of his movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. The things he pulls out, uh, uh, I think that's just his style. If it doesn't matter if it's going to be horror film, fantasy film, uh, it's all comedy. It's all part of it. It's like, Joe, it's like John Carpenter bringing in Westerns into almost everything he does. Yeah. Except for Halloween. I don't know. That could still be whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that could be a Western, yeah. but... Uh, I guess we start off with, uh, was it 1976? I mean, he started working for Roger Corman. Um, you can add anything to this if anybody knows anything. But uh, he, he kind of started out like just doing, like editing trailers from what I remember. Um, anyone? <laughs> I don't know a lot about his early history. I know it says uh, he made mo uh, the movie Orgy in 1968. Yeah, which is a bunch of fucking clips. I remember that too. Uh, but he started doing, um, I mean, like, was it Grand Theft, Auto? Grand Theft Auto? Okay, yeah, yeah. And then when he finally got, he got a little bit of a break in Hollywood Boulevard. He didn't really direct any of it, but that was his, like his big step up from just being the editor in the back, you know, the guy in the back room with all the reels and just sitting there with the tape and the splicing tape and going, "Okay, how's this? How's this, Roger? How's it looking?" You know, his co-director. Yeah. What he, he was credited as a co-director. Yeah, he, the people are <laughs> lots of co-directors. There who are just like, "Yeah, you're a producer." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you co-wrote this. Just throw your name. You on. and all seven of us. I think the first movie that most of us will know will be Piranha. From yeah, man. Seventy-eight. 
or Purana as Pur-rana. it's written on the board. Yeah, I added an extra R because extra R. Uh, I can't spell. <laughs> the uh, the the uh, into cats. I actually but, wrote down the actual way you're supposed to pronounce Piranha is Piranha. Piranha. Oh, no shit. Yeah, which I saw then. I was like, that's one of those words I'll never pronounce right. So I don't sound like I'm just being an ass to somebody where they're like, Piranha. I'm like, it's actually pronounced Piranha. He told me to do that from now on. I'm going to do it. Could you imagine that movie being open in fucking Alabama and be like, y'all got to say Piranha. That's what it's called. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) The guy comes out and he's like, ain't no more popcorn until you pronounce this correctly. (laughs) God damn. That's all. No, I could never do that. Yeah, but Piranha is the 78 horror comedy that is basically like, so Jaws was a thing. What if you had a bunch of little jaws and they just fucking kill kids? That's the best part. That's, that, that, that's the movie in a I, nutshell. I wish Derek Tiny was here for that. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. They're finally killing kids for you. <laughs> we'll just put some rubber puppets on sticks. Shove them at the camera. It's and the best special effects. <laughs> and it works for me because yeah. I like it. <laughs> I definitely revisited that movie because, um, you know, sometimes I don't revisit. I'm like, oh, I remember that. And then I'm like, fuck, I should have watched that movie again. <laughs> uh, I, I rewatched that. And I uh, I actually I'm glad I did because I completely fucking forgot that Barbara Steele is in it. I have no idea how. Oh, yeah. And as much as I love her, um, I just completely thought, thought forgot that she was in that movie. Like a low budget American little film is like, yeah. oh, yeah. I was the evil that. scientist. I watched Shivers the other night, and she's in it. Right, and right. I was like, oh, Barbara Steele's in this video. Like, God, the My only wh- ever, the only time I really only imagine her face is being in Black Sunday. So that's, everyone, yeah, man, <laughs> that's how I've always imagined her. All those Italian looked like that through time. She's fucking an icon. She's one of my first screen queens that I can remember. Her and Elsa Lancaster, the Bride of Frankenstein. Um, watched them on black and white. I'm on a black and white TV. Didn't know they were not. In color, yeah. <laughs> those eyes, man. Her, her, she was like a, a she was a vision to me. A, a seven year old Steve, like, mm, I think I'm gonna beat off tonight, <laughs> mom. See ya. I didn't say that to my mom, of course. <laughs> so that's, that's a weird way to say goodnight to your mother, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Beaten off to a black and white movie like a pilgrim, just, <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh shit. Is that what pilgrims do? Because I don't know. <laughs> Back in my day, we had to jerk off to black and white movies. Jesus, fuck. They were called stag films, sir. Oh, yeah. Sorry, stag films. It stag Watch it in the garage with like this 30 is, other guys. Is, yeah. They always put those things in movies. and it never. I'm like, I hope that's not really what's like going on like at the party after I go to bed. Yeah. All the uncles are in the garage like, in the man cave. Times are tough. We only watch fucking real to real. Oh, God damn it. It's like that's the whole story behind the movie Porky's. It's, it's like somebody <laughs> had to get a projector and they had to have a screen. Oh yeah! Get all your friends together, and then you just had to remember it for later. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to get the, the the fucking rotary phone and called Jethro. It's like, make sure you bring in the fucking film. All right, all right. I got the splatter tape just in case. You guys want to see a scary movie? No, no, I don't. No. <laughs> we were talking about Joe Dante, and we got sidetracked talking about masturbation mm. for twenty minutes. That's that's what we do. That's this. Is, welcome to the Gore Club podcast. If you've never listened to and our stupidity before, and we're back to Piranha. Piranha. How's it pronounced? <laughs> Piranha. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to um, remember that. One thing that I would like to note: this is the first time that uh, he had movies with uh, Dick Miller. He's going to pop up. Yeah, on he's going to pop up so a lot. Um, he's in every movie, right? Yeah. He's, he he's in quite a few. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, I think he's in all of them. I think he's in. If he's know, not in all of them, 
I don't. Yeah, I think he is. is Holy he fuck! I don't know. He's like one of those guys. He, he, oh, you know, he passed he away. Passed away. Okay. He passed away. It made me really sad. I'm yeah. sad. And then you got uh, Belinda Belaski. She is in a lot of his films. And people too. don't really mention her because she's a woman. I mean, definitely. And she he has so many. Rec- she, she has so many recurring roles in his films, just as much as Bob Picardo and Dick Miller. Um, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, and of course, Kevin McCarthy is in this movie. John Sayles, I think, actually wrote this movie. I can't remember. John Sayles, and he go yes. way back, and then. Um, he would, it was one of the things that he would cast him in his film so that he could have the writer on, on set. Cause he was not afraid to listen to what the writer had to say. A lot of directors like, no, this is my movie. This is my vision. You, you know, I, I stole this from whatever book and, uh, this is my idea. It's like a Kubrick thing or whatever the fuck he, he always wanted the other way around. And uh, studios would never, this is coming from like documentaries I've seen with him. It's like studios didn't ever want to pay for the writer to be there. So he would cast them and then you have to have the actor there. So smart, smart, yeah. Joe. Good job on him. And the good thing about Piranha is <laughs> Piranha. Piranha. Well, it, it, it uh, you know, I know we're going to get a little bit off topic, but it's, 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 it, it spawned sequels. Like the oh, spawning. The spawning is and so then, good. And then the remakes, which actually, oh, not, not the, not the 90s. It was like 95. a 90s, 95 remake. That was, uh, it had the greatest American hero in it. Yeah. William yeah. Cat. <laughs> yeah. But then you get to like the Piranha 3D. That was an excellent movie. I like that movie. Yeah. I love Alexandra Aja. We're going to do a whole episode. And I think on we'll touch on that at some <clears> point. But this movie sort of set it off for him. Like, I think this was. As far as commercially successful and money wise, no, actually it wasn't. No, yeah, it said said it made uh, sixteen million dollars on a budget of six hundred thousand. Oh, that's a fucking huge yeah, hit. That's yeah. a huge hit. There's every drive-in and grindhouse in the fucking city, in the in the, in the country. Yeah, when people weren't beating off in their garage, they were <laughs> with their friends. They were watching Piranha. Yeah, <laughs> sticking around for the Sorry, double Mom. feature. I gotta go beat off. There's like there's something I like realized like after you do this because there's uh so many like those jaws ripoff movies like piranha was a orca that so they're like i wrote it was like orca barracuda tin Torera, blood beach humanoids from the deep devilfish mako great white and alligator there's like a ton of those movies but then like he did a movie later on gremlins which other people also ripped off tons of which yeah, was like yeah so it's all those other movies so it all kind of came like full circle for him where i got him he did a ripoff movie and then everybody ripped him off i wonder i can't remember what did universal maybe do a rip off of gremlins even though it was like i can't remember i think it was warner brothers though that'd be hilarious if they yeah. ripped off a universal movie like we'll wait yeah you're gonna do something good and we're gonna fuck you <laughs> they do munchies or something i don't know, I don't know but yeah it's funny well, great right, munchies is a, over there somewhere in the fucking vhs pile <laughs> so so moving forward just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I wrote down Rock and Roll High School. I didn't know if anybody had that one on their notes. Well, but he, he was a co-director. Yeah, there yeah. was times where uh, uh, Arkish could not. I think he was sick. I can't remember. He might even be on Wikipedia page. But uh, yeah, he was sick and he just he, he took over for a few days. I don't know how many days, but the point is they actually put him as a co-director, I believe. Or at least a producer, like yeah. we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything about that one. I didn't have a tab pulled up. I'm sorry. That's, anyway, I can't do it. Well, we could just skip forward. It's a little known through. band by the name of the Ramones. The Ramones, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. If you haven't seen it, yeah, Rock and Roll High School or Piranha. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard, obviously, you're not gonna, a lot of people don't even know about that movie. Uh, I think that's the first time he worked with Paul Bartel. That's, we're going back a little bit, but uh, now we'll jump towards The Howling, which, because you know, this is a horror podcast. We're going to talk about the horror movies. We're not, we're not going to talk about Inner Space. I mean, I like those movies, but yeah. Oh. But Robert Ricardo is the cowboy. I know, I know. <laughs> a lot of people. It's a good. It's actually a pretty fun movie. Uh, and I always then, got Inner Space and uh, Batteries Not Included like mixed up because it was like both the covers had little small, yeah, like UFOs or something on. So like 
I always got those two movies mixed up and never remembered which one was which. <laughs> Martin Short. Yeah, yeah. it was just like it's like was that Inner Space or was that Batteries Not Included? They're yeah, interchangeable. Tiny little things on the cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're definitely going to dive into the Howling. And I, I think this is why Derek actually missed this episode because we always go back and forth on the greatest fucking horror werewolf movies of all time, and he's like American Wolf of London. And I'm like. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, okay. American Wolf of London is a high, high budget, better film. It looks better. It has all the, you know, all that stuff. But this movie was made for a tenth of its budget. Yeah, yeah. that's why I always fight for this movie. And it came out before. It had fantastic special effects, really good acting, and it's 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 kind of even the it's like the beginning of what we're talking about when his crew, his the actors that he's going to start using. This is it. This is the one. Yeah, it made a lot of money and. uh you know, an interesting note. You said American Werewolf in London came out that, that same year, and so did Wolfen. Yeah, well, Wolfen's fantastic. Yeah, in but a totally it's different kind of way. Totally, yeah. di- totally different kind of werewolf movie. But three awesome werewolf movies in one year, right? Man, what was that like, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna go gum at my own dick now, Dave. Fuck. <laughs> well, don't do that. Somebody's got to do it. So, uh, a few things we have to talk about. Uh, this this movie it made money. You know, again, you know, it was a budget of about 1.5 million and made 17.9. Right. So commercially, it was successful, and that's important to note Huge. because that, you know, because we love a lot of movies that were commercially not successful. Yeah. And this is the first time I think we've been able to talk about it and been like, yeah, a lot of these made money. Yeah. This is not a piece of shit, yeah. and we love it. <laughs> yeah, we still love it. We still love our pieces of shit. But uh, the uh, the movie, I mean, special effects were Rob Boutine. Yep. Yeah, Rob Boutin. The werewolf in that movie is horrifying. Like watching it as an adult, I'm like, that's awesome. But like watching it as an adult, I'm thinking like, man, like the first time I watched it, I was probably 20. So oh yeah, I, like I've watched it. If I'd like, if I'd watched this as a kid, like when, that, when she turns around and it's like the tall werewolf, like that would have horrified me as a kid. Like I couldn't have slept after seeing that. Yeah, he's like he's like, like that thing is seven terrifying. foot tall. It's like a monster. Those are the werewolves I want to see in movies where they're like more human like, where they're standing up. Dog Soldiers did a great job. Yeah, like Dog Soldiers, that's amazing. Like, whereas like some other ones that kind of go, they're more like just kind of like big wolves. Yeah, you know, wolves. So like they're, but I like them. I want them on their feet, standing up, towering over you, eight feet tall. Like that's that's horrifying if you ever saw that in person. Um, I don't know if you know who the artist. uh, I'm sure you all do, but the Bernie uh, the Bernie Wrightson. That's very much a Bernie Wrightson werewolf. Any werewolf he's ever seen, uh, I've I've seen him draw. In his comic books, he did like the uh, he did Cycle of the Werewolf for Stephen King. They're all the same thing. It's a biped. It's a yeah. monstrous biped fucking wolf monster. Yeah, and that's way scarier. It's terrifying yeah. because that mother. What if they spoke? Yeah, like it's just, and they got the big hands. Like it's just gonna like put its hand on your head, and you're just like done. Like right. Um, well, uh, this is like uh, this is uh, okay. The, the thing about this movie that I remember, uh, even as a kid, we're not. As a little kid, but I was like, like in my teens, I was like, it's kind of cool that this is not, this, this is a twist that this is a high school thing. I'm so fucking sick of like a love interest fucking story. The hero and the heroine are not connected. They're fucking yeah. buds. Yeah. You know, he has her, you know, he has, uh, he has his girl. She has her man, whatever. That's fucking great. And they both fucking die. <laughs> yeah. So they're probably going to end up yeah. if she didn't get shot in the fucking face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this, and, and, and going back to our, our stag parties. Uh, this movie starts in a porn theater. <laughs> it, yes. does. it does. And it looks like 42nd Street, but it's actually supposed to be California. Yeah. Just, uh, just D. Wallace is just looking like so angelic walking in there. Just yeah. like 
So like America's eighties mom. Yeah, he's just she's wearing 80s. like lavender. Yeah, because that's what Eddie wanted. Oh, yeah, it was it, it was it, it was a weird weird thing because you know you think about it, it's the eighties and she's a you know, serial killer's like I want to meet you. And that's a real thing that happened in the fucking news. And she's just like, yeah, sure. where? This where's, would be a great news Where's story. the safest place? <laughs> right. In front of a Walmart? No. In a porn theater. Yeah, right. <laughs> he just sits behind her and he's like, turn around. Like, in her mind, what was she thinking? What do you think she was thinking? She was going to turn around and see. It's like, I'm going to change my And pants. she wanted to. Oh, okay. she did. But before we even get, yeah, before they set her up with the shittiest fucking wire tap ever <laughs> it's not even donnie brasco man it's just like i guess it's like under a boob or something i don't know where the hell they have the goddamn wire well he blames it on the neon lights it's downtown. bullshit <laughs> yeah okay there's never been neon lights since 19 before 1980 interfering in a you know in the narcotics part of the city whatever the fuck off uh so they set her up with that and it's meshach taylor who's he he uh drug dante has used before I mean, Shaq Taylor has been like movie mannequin. He was in a TV show called Designing Women. Designing Women. That's it's, what it I It was really from. cool. Yeah. And uh, that's what most people remember. But I remember mannequin because I yeah. love that goofball movie. Uh, so they set, they set her up with that and then they send her off. And then she goes into this this uh, telephone booth. And the telephone booth, the thing about this film is it was actually portrayed in trailers and commercials and whatever. And TV spots as a, as a slasher film because that was the big thing. There's no mention of a werewolf besides the name The Howling. But that's kind of whatever the fuck. So... And his calling card is those little smiley faces. There was like a big fucking thing. So Joe Dante yeah. pissed him off. The little nerd was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to make that a symbol of evil. <laughs> so you see those little calling cards all over the thing. And it's on the the uh, on the uh, telephone. Um, oh, my God. Telephone pole. Booth. 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 Telephone, the it's telephone like booth. leading her into the porn booth. Right. To, yeah. Well, no. To go to get the phone call to tell her where to go. Yeah. The guy standing outside is Roger Corman waiting for his phone call. He's the guy that opens up the fucking thing, goes in and checks for the thing. You know, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she goes to the porn theater because, you know, why not? That's where I would go if I was yeah. a serial killer. She goes and finds that little yellow uh, smiley face before Watchmen kind of like took it. You know, yeah. it, that, I've, I've had one of those shirts like, oh, Watchmen. I'm like, no, this is a way Eddie Quist, but whatever. Like, oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. This is way worse. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then he puts the quarter in and she sits down and he's like, I want to see you. What the fuck? That's that's a death sentence, girl. Just talk. Hang out. No, I mean, she she saw him. Tell me your woes, Eddie. And then, and then she yeah. forgot everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she had amnesia because she saw a giant fucking werewolf thing, or at least that's what she thinks she saw. Yeah. They, yeah. That dude's face before <laughs> he was a werewolf is horrifying. And then Robert he turns Picardo. into one, which Robert he was Picardo. on Star Trek and stuff. Yeah. I think. He yeah. played the doctor on, uh, was it? Uh, Deep Space Nine? No, no, no. no. Um, the fucking the one with Janeway. Holy crap, my brain's not working. I don't know. I'm not a Star Trek. It's now. okay. Voyager? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was on that. I mean, Derek would know. He's actually Meg Mucklebones in Legend because uh, right. Robert, oh, Robert yeah. Boteen did the special effects for Legend and he did the special effects for The Howling. And we should segue to that real quick. Uh, originally, the Rick Baker was supposed to do the special effects for this movie. He got taken away by John Landis. We've said this before on the podcast, so I'm kind of running, running through it real quick. So what was left was Greg Canham and Rob Boteen. And a ragtag group, and Greg Cannon went on to be like dudes, like Lost Boys, and I mean, amazing fucking film. So it's yeah. really good. These get they finally got their own, like like your your stepkids that you're now the kids. Like yeah. oh, you get to be the stars. Here you go. So that's what happened. That that was that's a really cool little thing that was able to happen instead of Rick Becker saying, "Well, fuck you, I'm gone. I have to go. I have an obligation." He was like, "No, here's here's half my crew, and yeah. not even that. They're really fucking good." Yeah. Was that one of the first ones where they did the, uh, you know, like the bubbling face? The bladders. Where they're putting the bladders under your skin. It's like blowing out. Yeah, that's what made it different. Yeah. That's what set it apart from the two other werewolf movies yeah. that came out that year. <laughs> some, I, can't, I was watching something recently. I can't even remember what it is now. But they were talking about 
they did that because of that movie and they saw it on there and it went on to well, it, it influenced them yeah. to do that. And it got it oversaturated with bladders all over the place. I mean, they're in, they're in, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller, which oh, is, of yeah. course, Rick Baker. And um, yeah, so anybody else want to take the lead on the rest of that story? She gets, yeah, she gets, she blanks out. She yeah, gets she blanks to a colony. Out. And then gets sent to a colony, you know, the to colony. Re- recover. Which I would never go to if somebody was just like, hey, you just need to go. You're like, you had a, this spell. You're going to go to this colony with all these other people. And then she shows up over there and it's just like a bunch of these like, hillbilly kind of like dudes it's which, really weird and, but there's yeah. also you know the main werewolf woman who's yeah they, kinda they, like hot they describe her as the sultry nymphomaniac oh she's so marcia <laughs> <laughs> who ends uh, up being eddie's sister yeah. and then she's got like a younger brother tc who they use like a fucking like you know like a a dog that finds your your kill after you shoot it or whatever um, yeah, yeah. And long story short, they just think she goes to this colony and fuck. There's werewolves. Everywhere. All werewolves. They're yeah. all werewolves, and they're like, "We like you. Why don't, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you hang out with us?" But Eddie's like, "No, fuck this," and starts ripping shit up. Right. But that 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 scene where he transforms in the office was pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And she and stays the whole time. It's like ten minutes. It's, yeah, it's ten minutes. Sean like, Clark from like, Howard, Horrors on the Ground did a whole fucking parody on it. <laughs> And he timed the right thing because I, I know you can find it on YouTube. So look up Sean Clark and the Howling, and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. And he he literally is letting it play like you can hear the music, and he's like, "Yep, still changing, still changing." <laughs> and she just stands just watching there. the whole time. Yeah, which that's was always 80s, man. which was always weird. But you know, the she the, the uh, what was it? The, what, she traps him in the barn, right? Well, she uh, she gets away. She splashes acid on his face, which right. even brings back even one of the better makeups I think of the film is when he's all fucked up. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, goddamn. So let's talk about something else uh, before we get to all that. Is that um, Dennis Dugan, who is her the hero in this, is not connected to her. That they all work. They they're coming up there to the colony to help her out, protect her, and then with with his girlfriend, which is uh, Belinda. Um, so. They get there and they're trying. They're calming her down. They're trying to gaslight her. It's like, oh, it's okay. Everything's fine. Calm down. You, you know what? As a matter of fact, Terry, you go on up there. So these characters are all named after people who have directed werewolf movies. So the professor is named George Wagner. Um, uh, her name is Terry. Terry Fincher from like the the um, he did like uh, Curse of the Werewolf. I mean, all these little names in this film. He was one of the first directors to kind of do that, which is take names that we, we, we wouldn't know. But, I mean, we know, but people wouldn't know normally and put them in this movie. So when you watch Night of the Creeps and it's like, you know, Charles Cooper, Nur Hooper or whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. it's all there. This is one of the first movies to do all of that. Yeah. Well, the more you know, I can put a rainbow over my head. Ding! Ding! Also, we're forgetting Slim Pickens was in this movie. Slim I'm dude. not forgetting any of that, it man. It breaks my heart when he turns into the way. I'm like, no, I was like, no, Slim Pickens. And he's like the werewolf. And you're like, because yeah. he's just so... He's just like every movie. He's like, well, I tell you what, I'm just here, Slim Pickens in this movie, you know, like, like he's just like blazing saddles, Slim Pickens. I'm just imagining that, and he's like teeth, and he's trying to kill him, and I'm like, oh, Slim, <laughs> come on, so good, uh, Slim Pickens. Uh, John Carradine actually plays a guy named Keaton, and he was Dracula in House of Dracula, and the movie was directed by uh, a guy named Keaton, Earl Keaton, I believe. So like all these little things are connected. They're, it's just horror nerd stuff. That, I mean, can, can you imagine Joe Dante going, yeah, this is going to be fucking good. But this one nerd in Colorado might get this. It's so cool that those little things come in there. Slim Pickens in there. Kevin McCarthy. Um, who else? I mean, there's uh, you got a Dick Miller plays Walter Paisley. Walter Paisley is still the name that Dick Miller originated, at least the name, in Bucket of Blood. 
for Roger Corman. So and he he plays Walter Paisley in so many movies. He's yeah. Chopping Mall, all these things. Yeah. Oh yeah. He uh, also runs the world's coolest bookstore. The I've ever fucking seen in my amazing. Life. <laughs> like, and he doesn't like, give a fuck. Yeah, I was like, I want to go to that bookstore. He's just like, I got these silver bullets. Somebody want to order them? I don't know. They're here. It's so cool. He's but like, just gotta get case. him appraised at a jeweler. No buying it. <laughs> and that, I love that store because they're also at, they're going through all these books because um uh, uh Chris and Terry before they go off to the colony they're actually trying to do reporters as well. They're trying to figure out the whole Eddie Quest story. And we're kind of rushing through this a little bit because we have a lot of movies to talk about. So, but the thing is that, uh, that he's in there and he's like, Hey, do you believe in this? He's like, We fucking stupid. I'm, I'm trying to make a buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want pig's blood? You want several bullets? This is, come on. Yeah. And if you look in the corner of that building, this is a really notable thing. There is Grandma from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sitting by the door as they walk in because the production designer on this film is the same production designer, Bob Burns, not same Bob Burns that we know, we talked about, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. So, uh, that was a lot. Yeah. Well, then we get to the, well, we don't have to talk about the whole movie. I just want to talk wolf about sex it. scene. Yeah. Talk I mean, this wolf sex, wolf, what it turns into a cartoon, the stop motion animation. Yeah, There's so I many like fucking amazing yeah. things about this little film. There are, but what I'm, what I've always been curious about is the ending. So at the ending, so spoilers, fuck you too late. Um, <laughs> So basically, she's she. Nobody believes her about the werewolves, and she's turning into a werewolf. So she goes live, and she turns into what looks like a pomeranian. She looks like fucking yeah. Fizzgig, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it is not scary. It, it, was, it was really weird. And then the guy comes in and fucking shoots her. Yeah, ter- were they were they running out of money or something? At the yeah, end? Or they it, had to shoot that like really late, and that's why it was so close up. I, I like don't that. know that story. I, I, I swear I've heard that. I can't. It sounds about right. Wrong. I know that Joe Dante wanted her to be really pretty. Yeah, and really cute because they wanted like, it to be. Yeah, which is why it was like so up close in her face. Yeah, was because they were trying to because they weren't actually in that newsroom studio anymore or something like right. that. I, and the whole reaction is very Americana. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not real. That's not, you know, and then there's like kids going, wow, what's going on? And their mom's like, what's going on in there? Like, we just saw somebody turn into a werewolf. Yeah. And this is no reaction. There's like one drunk guy's like, nope, that was real. Yeah. Did she turn into like, a werewolf and just shot her? drunk. And he goes, well, that means it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so the guy who introduces Marsha at the very end of the film, because she survives, uh, is Bob Burns, who's the production designer. And then she orders her hamburger rare yeah and then it sits on that fucking griddle to the end of the credits <laughs> to the end of the credits and that's definitely not fucking rare yeah <laughs> somebody's not getting to fuck no it's also just smashing that burger down it's like all, all the juices are gone man you it's just a ruined big the grease burger. ball it's it's awful so that's the howling in a nutshell because we've got a lot of movies to travel but this is the one that really uh caught the eye of steven spielberg yeah uh, and definitely helped him yeah. you know coddle him and go come over here that has seven sequels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Each one I don't just know. worse the than the last. <laughs> uh, I love the second one. Part two, so I love. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But not because it's great. I love the last, like, five minutes of it, which is probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so let's move on, then. I guess fucking the Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. I actually yes. have notes. Um, it's pretty funny. Because we have so much to talk about in such a small amount of time, I didn't kind of want to cut the fat off of some bullshit, even though I just kind of rant. <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. I don't have Derek to slap me and go, okay, anyways. <laughs> All right, move on, Steve. Twilight Zone, the movie. 1980, was it 81? Fuck, man. No, no, yeah. it's 83. 83 yeah. yeah. It's a good life. It is a good life. <laughs> it is a good life. Now, this 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 movie was uh, an anthology films because they were really big in the early 80s. And it's a full of people like John Landis, Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante, and George fucking Miller, Mad Max. Fuck, yeah. 
that's a hell of a team, and they all are big fans of the old Twilight Zone the movie or Twilight Zone the television. So, so, so they decided to make a movie and do their own little wraparound stories. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, that, <clears throat> my favorite out of everything, really, my favorite part is the first five ten minutes with like Dan Aykroyd and uh, that's directed by John John Landis. Yeah, yeah, in the car, and he's like. You know, he just turns around and he's like, oh, shit. He's yeah. like the fucking well, like, Dave pretty much oh, is a quoted. Is that going to go? You, you want to see something scary? You want to see something really <laughs> yeah, scary? Something Fuck else. no. They listen to Credence. That's a great beginning. Yeah, God, man. That movie, like, it's like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, I'm in, dude. This is great. <laughs> it was. And I, I have to admit, Joe Dante's part in that was my least favorite episode. Uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Part of the anthology. Uh, I think my least favorite is probably the one with the. Old folks home. They kick the can. Kick the can. That's a that Steven was, Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, kind of like, Ugh, I, I love. I don't know what I love because you know I was a kid. Now like, I want to jump out a window, be Errol Flynn, and all brothers. that shit, and never grow up. <laughs> yeah. My least favorite part is when John Landis killed Vic Morrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wasn't going to bring that up, Dave, oh. but go ahead. That was all time out. I don't. We don't. I don't have to talk about it. It's just it was important. John Landis should be in prison or at least serve time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a big thing. You can uh, you can watch all about it in that cursed film documentary. My favorite is still the George Miller one, where they basically remade the William Shatner episode, twenty uh, Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet, yeah, uh, with John Lithgow. It's fucking great. He plays the best nervous guy of all time. Like in every, he's just him sweating and like yeah. him just being nervous like all the time. Like I watch him do that in any movie. Sort of makes you think he's just like that in real life. <laughs> I think so. He's just yeah. a really nervous guy. Yeah. He just worries all the time. Well, in um, in Joe Dante's episode, it's this kid who has he's like omniscient. He's just he can do whatever the hell he wants anytime he wants. And on he and he he gets it out of wishes. I I believe because I didn't. This is one of the movies I didn't re, didn't go revisit. Uh, um, but yeah, and then when it comes to his birthday, he gets more wishes. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. The the thing, I, I'm always familiar with this. Kathleen Quinlan's Simpsons awesome. Did it. Huh? <laughs> the Simpsons did it on a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. And it was also, it was in the original Twilight Zone series also, where, you know, it's like, it starts out as like, picture a perfect town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, like doing the, he's like this one little boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they did the whole everybody. thing where like, you know, Bart is like controlling everybody and then Homer turns into the jack in the box with the spring on his neck. It's so good. And I saw that when I was a kid and never even realized that was from the, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And then later like, went on I was like, oh, that's where they stole this from. Yeah. And then like, uh, but also to tie that in, uh, Nancy Cartwright, who does the voice yeah. of Bart, is in that part yeah, in the, she movie, is. the Twilight Zone. So. Yeah, she's like the older sister because the younger sister who has no mouth, because what happens is he, the little kid sets up the whole, it's, it's, it's his world. Whatever he's at is basically kind of like his zone. He can make anything happen he wants to happen. So basically he makes Kathleen Quinlan run him over with a bike, put the bike in the back of his car, and he's got to drive me home. So he, he comes in, oh, by the way, it's my birthday, and we're going to yeah. have fucking candy and cake and soft drinks. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Everyone's very on edge and very tense. At one point, they take a tour around the house, and it's like a, everything's like Dutch angles. It's really everything is like very Tex Avery, it's like a Chuck nightmare. Jones, like fucking Looney Tunes. Is <laughs> yeah. what it is. Uh, even the music, the shadows, the lights. They go to they go to and the, they can see oh over there is her his uh, young his older sister, but my younger sister, and that is played by Sherry Curry from the Runaways, the girl with no mouth. Oh yeah, there's one little cameo. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? It's cool as hell. I just saw that in the. In the uh, in the uh, credits, and I was like, not the same, Sherry yeah. Curry. Yeah, and there's all you know, and they're all like, no, that was good. You did that, you know, like yeah. But they're terrified of this little kid. I have seen a real boomer thing where people have kind of tied his whole like, I'm gonna wish you into the cornfield thing to like modern day uh, 
like social media stuff where oh, like, yeah. if you mess up one time, I'm going to wish you into the cornfield. Exactly. And no one will ever see you again. Like I've seen a lot of like kind of, you know, older people kind of reference that before. <laughs> I was like, uh, you got maybe a little point, but maybe, maybe time, just a little just, bit. And the just younger, a little bit. Maybe just don't be a dick. <laughs> and the younger ones don't even understand. Yeah, and then I they, don't even get that reference. Oh no, <laughs> uh, Kevin McCarthy's in this movie. Uh, Dick Miller's in the movie as Walter. Um, Kathleen Quinlan's great. Um, there's a lot of people, in the, the, the acting is fine, is fantastic. I don't know why it just didn't connect to me with me at that point. You think that it would? I mean, a kid that can do anything, and and yeah. the uh, the special effects are by Robot Robotin. The it's the big the, everyone remembers the big hat trick that Kevin McCarthy does. You know, Uncle, I forgot his name. God damn, what's his name? Uncle, whatever the fuck. He does his hat trick, and it, it's like a Looney Tune cartoon blown to fucking like nightmare land. It's beautiful, and it's, it's like like the best part of it. Yeah. It's like the like nightmare rabbit. Yeah, that comes it's, it's up like it's like starts with like the Tasmanian devil, like uh, you know, like the big tornado, yeah. and then it turns into blah, 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 and it gets really yeah. horrifying. It kind of looks like whenever they go to hell and be in a. Bill and Ted's, Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. <laughs> and this all ties this all ties back to the him being wanting to be a cartoonist because like you said, you see it throughout his career. It's fantastic. So many cartoon things. Um so not to dwell on Twilight Zone, let's go straight to Gremlins. Gremlins. Which Steve, Gremlins. I thought I don't think Steve really wanted to talk about. Well, we talked about it before. We oh, no, talked we're gonna about talk it about a little it. bit. I, I made some notes uh, notes. Uh, Gremlins, Gremlins is one of my favorite movies. Please I elaborate. I love this movie. 1984, uh, I believe. 1984. Okay, this was yeah. like, this was like his other movies were successful, but this one was super successful. Spielberg, baby. And you know they, the 11 million dollar budget, 212 million dollar gross. That's a huge that's, amount. That's huge. In 1984, and it opened the same weekend as Ghostbusters. It opened. The wow, it still <laughs> yeah, did those yeah, numbers. It still did that. <laughs> wow, man. I mean, it's it was it was it was a huge movie. There was such it was a big marketing push for it. Yeah, we're like we have this cute little animal. We're gonna make toys. Yeah, the, the marketing and, campaign didn't really tell you about monsters and horror right. and all this shit. Right. So that was that was that was the first big one. Um, and we've mentioned it before the the PG thirteen rating. Like this is one of those movies that pushed him to be like shit. Maybe we should have a. Another rating because it was dark. It's yeah. people die. It was yeah, this and a gremlin gets his head chopped off and put into a fucking fireplace and goes yeah. as it's burning. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, it was supposed to be a whole lot darker than dark, it was. dark, dark, dark. Yeah, the dog was supposed to die. Yeah. <laughs> That um, speech that she gives about her dad in the chimney is yeah, like worth yeah. a PG thirteen rating alone. <laughs> you're like, this, this is a good movie, and then all of a sudden she's like, they're talking about her dad dying in the chimney, and you're, you're like, oh, you were having God, a drink right? with somebody at a party, and they started laying that shit on you, you'd walk away. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. If I depending on my age, otherwise I'd be like, man, yeah, fuck Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But for those who don't know what Gremlins is, Gremlins is about. Tell us, Dave. It's about. It's about that's a heartwarming story of this guy. <laughs> he's an inventor and he even invents bullshit. And then he goes into this. The little, bathroom buddy is not bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit. <laughs> the fucking peeler juicer, gold. So he goes, he 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 goes into this little shop and he meets this guy. And this guy is like, he's like, I want to buy something for, you know, for my kids. And he tries to trade him this ashtray that doesn't work. I don't know how you fuck up an ashtray, but he <laughs> fucked it up. And then he steals the guy's animal. Right. That's He's, Key Luke, by the way. <clears throat> the, 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 the Asian man, the grandfather. Yeah, Key Luke. Yeah. yeah, from Kung Fu. Yeah. He was the Charlie Chan's number one son in the 50s. Yeah, it was a big deal for that guy to be in this little bitty movie with a creepy old eye, like from that's, fucking Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> that's also another like thing that I saw in The Simpsons first, where I was like, where like Homer goes and buys like, 
agree on something for Bart, and then he turns into like, and it turns into things like he goes, but it is also cursed, and he goes, that's bad. He goes, but it comes with a free yogurt. Goes, that's good. That's good. <laughs> goes, but the yogurt contains benzene. That's bad. <laughs> You're right, Dave. Um, yeah, so it was definitely the, supposed to be a horror film, yeah. and originally Gizmo was supposed to turn into Stripe. He was. He was supposed to turn into, but uh, somebody was like, we can't sell toys if we do that. And Spielberg. They yeah. had filmed almost half the film, and then he changed. And then Chris Wayless, who did the special effects, who most people know his name from, doing the uh, that he directed the Fly Two, did special effects for the Fly for Dirty Cronenberg, and uh, yeah, and, and there's a the, there's a commentary on the disc I have, and he was freaking the fuck out. They were like, yeah. "What? We don't we don't have the you know this this puppet only does so much." I so that's why like Gizmo a, is in the backpack most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw like a quote where like they were talking to Steven Spielberg, and they were like. It's like we need you have like way too many gremlins in this movie. Like what are they? he's like, well, what do you mean to call the movie humans? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's great. I read that. It's probably on that back wall back there in all the magazines. Yeah, but wait, most people know this story. He takes the he takes takes the Mogwai, gives it to his son. The rules, man. Yeah, Give us the there, rules. There are rules. Uh don't get them wet. One. Don't feed them after midnight. Two. Whatever you do, do not expose them to sunlight. Don't. Don't. You know why? Because they fucking die. You should do that actually number one first and then well, you know have the more movie <laughs> so likewise realize how time zones work well, that's in part that. two they, they, they reference that in part two it's so good <laughs> it is one of those things like when you're watching it no you're not you're not thinking when you're watching this movie you're not thinking of that until somebody says what fucking time zone is it yeah like you nobody knows and they they reference oh, that in part it's, it's almost always after midnight at any point yeah it's too. always I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the joke they make ace <laughs> So, so uh, middle America. guess what? Guess what? Billy doesn't do. He forgets to not get him wet, and he they they eat after midnight because they unplugged his clock. Yeah, Corey Feldman actually fucking started this whole thing off. Corey Feldman. Corey Fuckman. Corey Fuckman. Corey Fuckman. He spills Billy's art because Billy's an artist, and he knocks over his like a, like a glass full watercolors of watercolors or something like that. Well, it's like uh, I think it has um uh, paintbrushes in it, and it just goes all over him. And he's just streaking. It's like, well, that sucks, and he just pops out like fucking old pimples. Yeah. Harry, Harry, big balls of pimple. Yeah, that always kind of grossed me out when I watched that. It was like the thing they're like coming out of his back. I'm like, oh god. And they they take it pretty. He takes it pretty well because as a pet owner of an old animal, right? If he shrieks at all, like anything, and like, oh, pelts are yeah. like the pelts are pet. I fucking run over to him immediately. Like, oh my god, is he okay? I don't just be like, well, that's fucked up. <laughs> well, I got more pets now. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and god. And then he gets more pets, and they're evil because apparently there's only one good mogwai. One. One. Can you imagine that? Holy shit. It's oh, probably how the first human started. And then, you know, time progresses. Uh, I feel like we're skipping forward a little bit. But, you know, you meet some meet some people. Uh, Dick uh, Miller's back. Dick Miller's back. Cause he's, As a racist piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. And his sad wife. Yeah. Yeah. Murray, no. <laughs> well, you, you have to talk about, we, we introduced... Um, Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, yes. Judge Reinhold, Judge Reinhold, that's right. uh, Polly Holiday, and bank. oh my, yeah, Polly Holiday is the nemesis in this film. She's a monster landlord. She's kind of like, reminds me of like the old, the old bastard from It's a Wonderful Life. She works with the, she like works with the bank instead of being the bank. Uh, pretty much owns everything. And then Belinda Blaschke uh, shows up like in a couple of scenes because she's got to be in a Joe Dante film too. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it all starts to roll downhill once they uh, once they get yeah, wet. Yeah. <laughs> they, get, they get they get wet. They multiply, and then they eat after midnight, and they turn into cocoons. 
Yeah. Cocoons. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the, the, that poor know, mom. Yeah. The movie, really poor the mom. movie goes on from here and they eventually hatch. <laughs> I like how you're just like, you know, <laughs> they, they hatch, they, hatch. As they, do. they kill the science teacher. Yeah, that was that was one of the things. Like they, uh, Billy takes it to the the. I guess it's not even a high school. It's like because Corey Feldman's in this class, so it's like middle school. Yeah. It's not much of a professor. He's, <laughs> he's he's that cool teacher that hangs out and calls everybody gang. Whatever. He's like he's a few <laughs> years away from desk. finger painting, and he's in the science class. Turns his chair around backwards, talks to everybody. Right. <laughs> let's have a rock. Let's, let's have a rock talk, kids. Let's form a circle, kids. Let's rap. But uh, that is a fantastic character, and of course, he's experimenting at the same time that Billy fucks up and feeds the. They like Dave said, they unplug the clock because they're smart little fucks, and then uh, Billy feeds them chicken under after midnight, and then they all cocoon. And then what happens at the uh, at the school is that he eats, um, or he pulls the sandwich after the professor goes, you know, goes home because I guess he goes home at one thirty in the morning or some shit. I think the clock says like two twenty in the morning. Like, oh. I guess you're done grading papers. <laughs> He's dedicated. I don't Very know. Dedicated. Hopefully, it's a fucking weekend. <laughs> um, and then they, they, you know, they, they all cocoon. Yeah. And then you get gremlins. Gremlin, fuck, man, that scene is great. <clears throat> yeah, the, the the attic scene was really cool, where they're they're popping out of their cocoons, and there's the smoke and the green lights. And the green lights. <laughs> the green like lights have. in the studio here. <laughs> no oh. gremlins here, though. Oh yeah, they are. According to uh, Futterman, who's the racist Dick Miller, this movie it's like they the, they got the idea of the title from the World War Two. They would like they even had a cartoon. Bugs Bunny made a cartoon about gremlins. Gremlins are everywhere. They're in your watch. It's like yeah. that's some racist shit. <laughs> mm. You're just saying because he hates everything foreign. So if I have a foreign watch, then there's a gremlin. It's like that's yeah, fucked up, buddy. Isn't there like a reference in the movie where he says something like we should have bought a Zenith because at the time that was the only American TV that was still made? I can't probably. remember. That's probably. Fucking, that's probably. I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, let's talk about like the obvious. I mean, everyone has had to have seen this movie at one point. Let's talk about the, the hilarious bar scene that makes no sense. Oh, yeah, man. Those gremlins are going to fucking town and they're drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't they multiply immediately? <laughs> Where do they yeah. get handguns? And that's just, it gets all gets hilarious. Look, maybe. I don't know. What, what, what cities are set in Chicago? Maybe they got them there. I don't know. It can't have hops or barley in it. They don't multiply if there's uh it has to be pure water. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. I, that's, that's, that's rule number like four. That, 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 that was another weird one. It's just like they're, they're obviously not even hitting their mouth. They're just pouring it on themselves. Um, they have the flasher gremlin. This is where they get uh, personalities. You get the flasher gremlin, and you, you get, get the, the one mugging gremlin, you get the mugger gremlin, the and break you dancer. Get, you break dancer. <laughs> uh, you have the flasher. Did I say flasher? Gremlin? You did, but it's yeah, always been said twice. Sorry, that was the one that always stuck with me because it's like, fucking is- traumatizing a kid. Like, what's that about, mom? Nothing. No. Nothing. Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you just think it's hilarious, and you yeah. got you got a gremlin that's actually had to get a fucking job and serve all these guys. I guess. Phoebe <laughs> yeah. like Cates is serving she's, all them uh, like they're just drunk assholes. She's yeah. trying, but there's some of them carrying stuff around. She's lighting their cigarettes, man. Yeah. That's a hardcore worker. Which is weird because they don't like light. They don't like yeah. <laughs> so, so gremlins are just full of bad habits. You got the drag queen gremlin because apparently at this point there's not a female one. No. You know, Stripe has a girlfriend, so that's cool. You think yeah. gremlins? That's, pro- that's pretty progressive. He's progressive. Yeah. You gremlins think gremlins? Uh, you think they tip good when they're at the bar? No. Oh my god! <laughs> gremlins, <laughs> gremlins are the worst customers. I'm like, last call, dick faces, get the fuck out. <laughs> they only tip ten percent. It was terrible. It was a terrible night. <laughs> so they take over the town because it, it, you know it's fucking. It gets nuts. Billy comes and saves her at the bar. They get they jump in the car. Then they're they're taken off, and then they have to regroup. 
Uh, they, uh, actually, this is this is after Billy fi- Billy's mom fights the fi- the kitchen battle. We yes. got to talk about that. We're yes. jumping all over the place because we know, know. We, everyone's seen this movie. So we just let's just comment on some of the best fucking shit yeah. in this movie. Person. I've seen. That's where the dog was supposed to die. Yeah, oh, yeah. she was supposed to come in, and then she find, and then uh, yeah. No wait, Billy finds the dog in that one, doesn't he? Yes. Well, she could. There's find the original the script where I think. I think the mom's head comes bouncing down the steps. I believe that's part yes. of it. Then there's the, the the dog dying, which is they find the dog outside. This is when they're still Mogwai. Um, there's a lot of things about the script that's actually changed. There's actually things in the book that I have that are to- completely different. They're like, I guess he wrote that off the first script. I'm like, that what the fuck is dark as hell? But the the kitchen scene is one of those really. That's the scene that really pushed it over the edge for a, a, a family scary movie. This is a horror film. When she's literally impaling them and skin like he's he's impaled on the counter, squirming yeah. with a knife in him while she turns her back and she puts the dude in the microwave. That's <laughs> just yeah. blowing him up. Yeah, it's the amazing. First time a Christmas tree has been terrifying. <laughs> that's oh. uh that's also the same dog that was in Pumpkinhead. Is it? Same oh dog. man, he's got that cool little mohawk, yeah. little faux hawk. Exact dog same hawk. dog. Exact same dog from Pumpkinhead. I wonder <laughs> that's, that's I wonder if he got royalties off that. I don't know. No, <laughs> no. He's probably dead now. Oh, <laughs> dogs live forever. <laughs> uh, anyway. uh, I needed to make one comment about Don Steele. Don Steele is—he does all the voiceover. He's Ricky, rocking Ricky at Rialto. He's also Rockin in Death Ricky. Race 2000 as the guy with the, you know the microphone because he was a prominent DJ at the time. He's in Rock and Roll High School. Um, I don't know if he's in any, any other Joe Dante films. I cannot remember, but goddamn, I love that guy's voice because it's so fucking annoying, white as fuck. Especially in, in in Death Race, it's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, that he's always I'm rocking Ricky Rialto, everybody. I was like, oh my god, how do I know this voice? So I had to look him up. Yeah, uh, that's I don't know. Kenneth Toby has a small part in this, and Kenneth Toby was in. He's also in the Howling. He's he's one of the, he's the older cop when they shoot Eddie Quist at the uh, the porno theater. Kenneth uh, Kenneth Toby was the main hero in uh, the thing from Another World. So, yeah, and he's in a few wow. other Joe Dante films, too. Bit, very small bit parts. He's the one that he's trying to, like, sell the, the smokeless ashtray to, and he's coughing his face off. That's yeah. kind of Toby. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's got these little bitty roles in Joe Dante, man. Joe Dante rules. Uh, the same guy, the same DP he used on this, he's to make everything just look like a big comic book. He's, he's, he's used him in, like, five other movies. I think he stopped using him after The Burbs. I could be wrong, but, you know, it's, we'll get to that. Gremlins, motherfuckers. Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so back to the, toward the end of the movie. We can just talk. We can just skip there. All right. So, set up the scene. You set it up. Stripe. <laughs> Stripe. We've got we've got Stripe now. Um. So Stripe We're in is the movie the, theater. Yeah. The Stripe oh, yeah. is the big one. Yeah, are we going to do the whole movie theater scene, or you want to talk about let's go jump to the beautiful? Yeah, movie. we'll do the movie theater. The, the movie theater scene. They're watching, uh, yeah. watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And this this little part of the town is the same town they use in Back to the Future. They use it in uh, Came from Another World. Yeah, yeah. There's so many, so many films. You Universal backlot. Yeah, it's, it, they use the uh, I think it was the uh, Universal and the Warner Brothers, and then Columbia and some kind of like little neighborhood and whatever the other big studio. I cannot remember. Uh, and he he goes on and he wanted that whole backlot look. That you see in those little fifty, you know, three strip te- Technicolor kind of films. I love that. Oh, it's so cool, yeah. man. And the thing about people don't know, maybe not everybody knows, but people should know. To spot a studio street is very simple. The sidewalks are like six inches high, and the reason they do that is if they're going to do a western, they can fill it with dirt. Oh, yeah. So that's all those. Nice. If anytime you see a, a a movie that's shot on the back lot, 
the sidewalk is like this is like you know yeah. half a foot fucking high. <laughs> like holy shit, you're gonna pop a tire on that motherfucker, and it's full of fake snow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, up to this point, they've established that Stripe is the smart one. And oh he's yeah, multiplied, he multiplied, and they, they, the, they've like all the all the gremlins decide they're they've been drinking and partying all night. Let's go to watch a movie. Let's go watch a movie, just like we all do. Hey, I've been drinking all night. Let's go watch a movie. Snow White. So, so they go. They, yeah, they, <laughs> so they go. They go into the I'm theater. I'm drunk as hell, and I want to watch Snow White. Snow White. They're all fucking packed in there too. It's beautiful. Hey man, scene. it's everybody's been locked in the house, and everybody's got Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. So they all in there, and then Billy and Phoebe are just like, "Hey, let's just burn this fucker down." <laughs> let's just. I got an idea. <laughs> So they go to burn the place down. Very they like them all in there. <laughs> Yeah, they lock them all in there. It's like Inglorious Bastards with more puppets, <laughs> less puppets. I don't know. Do you think that was the inspiration for Inglorious Bastards? Probably. It won't be months? the first Joe Dante thing that uh, Tarantino has stolen, actually, and we'll get to that one too later. So they set it on fire, and and Stripe, being the smart one that he is, decided to go get candy before beforehand. He's gone. He had left. Kaka. He left. The, he left the theater. <laughs> So they've killed all the gremlins except one. And that's where they go into the, the store and there's a fight with a chainsaw and a baseball bat. Somehow Billy survives and kills Stripe with the... Uh, well, well, Gizmo kills Stripe. Gizmo actually. is the fucking hero, baby. Gizmo's the hero. Went from being not in the end to being the hero in yeah, the end. Yeah, just, you know, he rides that uh, little uh, Barbie car. Yeah, fucking, the old Corvette. Yeah, he fucking nineteen eighty Corvette at the bat, the fat butt. <laughs> he dukes of hazards that shit over the fucking water fountain and hits the hits the uh hits the uh shades and lights light lights out lights on for lights for, on because it's daylight yeah yeah and then and he's melted it's such a great scene melted and it's such a cool it's a cool scene because yeah. you see that first like really melting gremlin man that's a very for me that's that's really really cool I've, yeah. I've got that tattooed on my body he does <laughs> he does he does it's such a fucking fantastic ending and then uh keith luke shows up at the end he's like what are you doing yeah you're not ready for this motherfuckers and the most yeah. racist asian kind of yeah. character you can be yeah but he's, you're not ready for fucking mogwai you should have <laughs> showed up with the fucking cops and be like hey he stole my fucking animal no this dude decided to walk Wherever the fuck he was at, <laughs> probably Chinatown, and walked to wherever the fuck they are because he just walked away at the end of the yeah. movie. He's like, you are not ready. <laughs> They're not ready. They weren't ready, obviously. They lost their fucking I wish theater. He, right. I wish he was like, you're not worthy, dicks. Like, fuck, give me Science that. Science teacher's dead. Ugh. Christmas is ruined. It's fucked. You think your story of your dead dad in the fucking chimney's bag? Wait till next year. Yeah, yeah. tell this story. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, do you want to hear about the world's worst Christmas? Christmas is. Well, let me canceled. tell you what happened the year after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, um, we go he, after this. He goes right into Explorers, and Explorers is not a horror film, so we're not really going to dwell upon it. So we'll, we'll skip over, like you said, skipping over Explorers. Explorers just, is great. You know, it's, yeah. if it's, it's a fantastic little family sci-fi movie that really got crushed by coming out the exact same fucking weekend as Back to the Future. Mm. Oh, it's God. got Dick Miller in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, Jason Pressman. Uh, Weird aliens. Pressman. Um, yeah, it's, there's not a lot about that film that we can kind of go on because it's not really a horror film. It's good to see Rob Oteen, Rob Picardo, some fantastic uh, special makeup effects. One of my favorite uh, uh, carnival rides is the tilt world they turn into a fucking spacecraft <laughs> it's cool yeah. it's a really yeah. good uh, movie if you like stand by me meets fucking uh, a sci-fi movie 
please watch that movie because it's it's really fun. That was like one of the that was one of the one I like knew nothing about Explorers. I never watched oh, it. Or yeah, it's remember, it's one of those little gems that kind of crept by. I remember being pissed off that you never get to see the big aliens. Yeah, the yeah. Well, I guess we can spoil it. Nah, we don't have to spoil it. Okay, fuck yeah. it. If you want to know what the big alien I'm talking about? Watch the fucking movie. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go from there. Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah, that was that was like a movie. It was kind of like Kentucky Fried movie, where it's kind of mm-hmm. like a lot of series of skits and stuff. And John Landis, I think, put this together too. Yeah. I think. And uh, the only <laughs> thing I remember about that is staying up late at my buddy's house and it came on like and he had cinemax so we we're like staying up late trying to watch like you know this when it turns into skinemax oh yeah and, and this is kind of about on that. the moon is like just boobs 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 it's, we're like 12 years old like this is the greatest movie i've ever seen it's funny as fuck and literally the only thing i remember about it is just like i just remember this movie there was a lot of boobs in it it was great <laughs> andrew dice clay carrie fisher uh i mean fucking uh, uh arsenio hall starts it off there's like it's almost like an anthology movie but if you were to think about it it's basically they're trying it's late night television like probably cinemax because there's a lot of nudity on there and it's just like they keep getting interrupted and then he goes to like these commercials and these little bit spots. And it's yeah. like a two hour window into like 1980s television. Yeah. And then like uh, some of those some of those uh, little bits and pieces are hilarious. So if you get a chance, please check it out. It's yeah, I need to, that's, that's what I want to rewatch because I, re- I, I rewatched like Kentucky Fried Movie, which yeah. is the same vein. And it was like, I was like, ah, oh, man, this is actually some funny stuff. On yeah. <laughs> Joe Dante didn't have a whole lot to do in that, but yeah. the things that he did are great. Um, but it's it's so funny. It's like this movie just keeps getting interrupted, so they're just putting in TV spots, yeah, and in beer commercials. And it's all made way before like Grindhouse, the movie where they like fake trailers of this is like yeah. the original one. So check it out, man, please. Uh, Amazon Woman on the Moon. Now we're gonna go into a fucking amazing film that does not get any recognition until like recently because I guess people started putting it on a Blu-ray. Is The Burbs? Yeah. Burbs. Holy shit, it's great. Tom Hanks, National Treasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah 1989 this is the same time he was doing big i think big was coming out of yeah this big was the same time. he still wasn't big yeah because big was coming out yeah uh fantastic fucking cast it's the same dp everything looks great it's a it's not really a horror comedy per se but it's it's like that it's almost like the cable guy yeah which yeah. dark dark yeah. as fuck it's about the evil neighbors next door that every neighborhood has and Clue bruce Dern. Bruce Dern is fucking and, great. And yeah, the Klopex. The Klopex. The Klo- is that Slavic? So it's like, <laughs> it's addressing all these little things like like racism in the neighborhood and like, oh, uh, the, the, the fucking snooty assholes who take care of their lawn and then the weirdos move in and don't mow. Don't, they don't even have a lawn to mow. Yeah. You know, it's fucking great. And everybody's peeping Tom and them and, and, and fucking causing all that. It's almost like Tucker and Dale versus Evil early. Yeah. Except they're right yeah <laughs> these are the fucking evil bastards yeah it's weird to think about it you know rumsfeld would have had a fucking trump sign in his fucking yard yeah probably. he wouldn't yeah, absolutely because at this point you still think he's cool but nowadays he would have been the first person because he gets up in the morning puts oh, the american yeah. flag on the flagpole listening to war machine because Corey feldman lives next door <laughs> yeah. in the munster's house yes because that neighborhood is what's called colonial street and it's a uh, mayfield place is what it's called in the Maybe, movie yeah. but they use it in so many things uh, Desperate Housewives, Dragnet, The Monsters, Leave It to Beaver, <laughs> Dragnet the movie with Dragnet the movie not with Dragnet. Dan Aykroyd with, and, and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks yeah. yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks. Uh, Danette, no, Dan Aykroyd's mom lives in the Monsters house in that movie. I think they had to like not film it as much so you wouldn't be like, oh, that's the Monsters house, and it just takes you completely out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they what, why they didn't use that more, but you barely know it. Yeah. You barely know, and then uh, they they were filming at the same time they were filming the uh, the new version of the Leave It to Beaver TV show, 
Not and they filmed the same place. The old Leave It to Beaver. It's like, by the way, Leave It to Beaver is like this ridiculously old show, like a family show. Like the Beaver is like the little kid, and they have the little son, and they have like the older brother, and like Tommy. You know, it's it's like fucking hilarious. Yeah, Gene Cleaver. It's ridiculous, the man. Beef. The beef. My favorite commercial ever based on that is the fake commercial in Scrooge. Yeah. Father loves beaver. Yeah. Where's where's dad at? Well, if I know your father, he's outside he's outside uh, chasing beaver. It's fucking great. But yeah, the birds, man. Somebody laid some shit on this because this is a movie it has got it's so many good, so many good layers. Uh, it's just um, lay on some layers. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh my first time watching the burbs was like back when you would like be at home. And just regular TV, you know, like when football wasn't on Sunday, they have the Sunday matinee mm-hmm. and it would be like, <laughs> they just show, you know, random movies and the burbs came on one time, like when I was a kid and I was like, I was like, what the fuck is this movie? This is crazy. Like these neighbors and it was like, it just had like everything I wanted in the movie, which was like kind of horror. It was funny. And like Tom Hanks being like when, you know, like in the eighties when he was Tom Hanks and he was just. Not a dad yet. Yeah, he was like sex comedy Tom Hanks <laughs> yeah. getting ready to be fucking megastar Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah, like really weird. party Tom right. Hanks. And he was yeah, Mazes weird. and Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I talked about that last that. week. But yeah, and like that, like everything about it I loved. Um, and if you're a horror fan, you know uh, Courtney Gaines from Children of the Corn, which yeah. is one of the Klopeks, one of the oh, evil yeah. guys, you know. Uh, yeah. Picture came with frame. Yeah, but, <laughs> it came with frame. So yeah, what Dave is referencing is they, they tried it after like an hour of being like nosy ass fucking neighbors doing the worst shit you could probably do, do it to a neighbor. They Carrie Fisher is also in this film. They get together and they are like, let's just go next door and invite ourselves over. And that's what they fucking do. Still kind of shitty, by the way. Yeah. Come over and bring him the fucking brownies that fall on the fucking on, on the porch. And he still <laughs> gives it to him. Like, yeah. here's your sweet tooth, baby. And, uh, the part that you're talking about, Dave, please, please elaborate. It's so oh, good. They, so they go in and they so they, many good parts. They, of I mean, there are they sit, they sit down and they're all just hanging out and they're just asking these nosy questions, which, by the way, we the reason why people don't do this shit anymore is because everybody has fucking Facebook. If I want to know anything about you, I found my weird fucking neighbors on Facebook. As soon as you date somebody, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's, who's Dave down here? My wife. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, Steve? I just met. I was giving an example. Like, as soon as you say I'm not single anymore, I'm like, who the fuck is Dave dating? I just start digging. That's what everybody does. So anyways, they go into this house and they're asking all these questions. And Carrie Fisher's like, it's not a big deal. And this, there's this whole struggle about, are they fucking creepy? Are they murderers because our neighbor's missing? Or are we just racist? Or are they just, are they, they just not know? Or are we afraid of change? And Tom Hanks is sort of on the like, ah, uh, he's on the fence. But then his friend Art is just like, they're going to murder you. There's a femur in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. <laughs> so good. So, uh, so, uh, fucking Courtney Gaines comes out with his fucking sardines and he's like, sardine. 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 That's so bad. And he just hand him sardines and crackers. And, you know, if you go to somebody's house now for you something in the 80s, you got to fucking take it. <sighs> Even if it's a sardine. So uh, they decide to leave. And uh, Wendy Shaw gets out of that. She's like, I, I, I've already had mine today or something like, or I'm going to die. I can't remember what she says. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to die. But that scene, he's, he, Rumsfeld is, is the Bruce Dern character. He's like, he's like, oh, you know, he's checking out their name. He's like, what is that, Slavic? And he's like, no. He's like, what the fuck, you racist asshole? What is your, what are you, what are you fucking Scottish or something? I don't know, man. But then he, he goes around this room, picks up this fucking picture frame. He's like, oh, it's a pretty girl. 
Yeah. It came with the frame. Picture it came, came with frame. With frame. <laughs> Picture came with frame. <laughs> he just he just bought the frame at fucking hello Target and put it on the Man, on, on the mantle. That's what you do. To seem normal to somebody who might stop by. Yeah, except you don't fucking tell people it's the picture that came with the frame. Right. Yeah, he failed part two of that one. So uh And they invest they're investigating the house because their friend Walter down the street is is missing. Walter's missing and the neighbors that the house used to own or the neighbors yeah, that used to own the house. The naps. The naps. They 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 just up and move one night and that yeah. just didn't happen. How could you not see the moving truck outside? It was outside mm. all day long. <laughs> <laughs> So the movie progresses, and oh yeah, Corey Feldman um, is just the kid down the street. He's so just cool like, in this movie, though. Yeah, the kid's a meatball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's the kid just next door is a meatball. He's just he's just watching his crazy fucking neighbors. Where his just, parents are out of town, and he's fucking yeah, up their house yeah. with like acid trip colors. And yeah, shit. just yeah. and just watching. Shut up and paint your house. Crazy fucking neighbors just do crazy shit. I mean, they're jumping over fences and digging up yards and breaking into people's houses. Yeah. Ray's neighbor, who uh, Tom Hanks is Ray. His neighbor is um, is it uh, Rick Dukeman? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he is the guy who's pretty much spurring everybody on. He's just like, "Well, they're your neighbors. We have to go check it out." And every time you walk onto the neighbor's property, like the wind starts, the fucking it's like lightning and shit. <laughs> it's hilarious, like over the top comic fucking relief shit. And he's the one while they're in the uh, trying to get to know the neighbors. He's trying to break in the back. <laughs> Trying to, trying to break in to get some evidence. He, he gathers the neighborhood kids to help him yeah. get over the fucking power lines. It's hilarious. And then this huge dog comes out of the out of the basement, scares everybody, goes after Rick Dukeman's character, and there's like, what's his name, Art? Uh, yeah. And then chases him out and fuck. Is it all the lights go off? So they're like, everything's fine. They go next door. Tom Hanks is like, no, I you know what? I agree with the ladies. I, I think it's gonna be fine. Let me talk to them in the other room in the in the antechamber or the fuck the den. So the ladies think it's, everything's fine, the ladies. And then he's like, no, let me show you something. And he pulls out a fucking wig out of his crotch. <laughs> You've had that in your shorts all day long. This wig belonged to their neighbor who is missing. And then Ray saw, Walter, right? Walter, yeah. Ray finds, Tom Hanks' character finds the wig in a stack of papers that, that also were like uh, mailed to him. So he knows something's up. Everyone's like, no, it's on. These motherfuckers have kidnapped him. They got his, they have his hair and his mail. That means he's dead. <laughs> Speaking as a as a balding man, yeah. Steve, I would I would say you'd say the same thing. Balding, if bald, mostly bald. Dave <laughs> doesn't leave the house without his hair. Yeah, if somebody stole my hair, I'd be fucking furious. Yeah, I'm a hat wearer, but yeah, if I had you know hair. something's if I ever buy a wig, that means I've hit rock bottom. And if somebody if I'm come up missing and you find somebody with that wig. They murdered me. Right. That's it. I'd never let you buy a weed, Dave. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 you know, they have the, the ladies convinced that everything's fine. Now, they don't really describe what happens to um, Wendy Shaw's character. Uh, Carrie Fisher goes off to the lake, but Rumsfeld's wife doesn't disappear that I remember. Why isn't she like... Bunker. They, they just they just don't talk about her anymore. What's he fucking tire up in, in the middle, you know? bunker she's that in dude, the bunker that dude yeah. has a bunker i guess oh, yeah. he's like hey, hey help me down here with some shelves lock yeah. i don't know they I, don't discuss it they don't she doesn't appear back until the very end of the movie can we just say i want uh i want a crossover universe of uh burt gummer and that guy <laughs> like a buddy comedy with those two <laughs> i almost oh man that if somebody listening to this if, spit it back and then somebody uh, listening to this can make that happen <laughs> if we get if we get uh bruce dern on the line i'll we'll just start a marvel <laughs> burbs universe <laughs> i'm gonna get that on slow-mo on these videos on youtube but what you just did to me 
All right. <laughs> so, well, so the, the movie progresses. The movie progresses, yeah. and uh, yeah, they, they they formulate their plan. They're going to go out. The the, prof- uh, the teacher. The, there's a doctor. He's a very well respected pathologist. He's going out of town for some reason. He takes the dog, his his little uncle, and his son, and they all decide to go on the same day. And they make sure they tell everybody. Yeah. So takes, then they, they takes get their the trash plan. out too. Oh yeah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> with a car, I've never seen somebody drive their trash to the end of the street and just bang the hell out of the stick. It's fucking great. Welcome to Shively. There's so many horror movie. Oh wow, there's so many horror movie tropes in this film. It's fantastic, and he just plays it up with the music and everything. So then they finally get their they get their idea what they're going to do. They're going to um, Rumsfeld is going to go to the top of, of the tower of his house or whatever. And be the lookout. And of course, Corey Feldman's just like, he sees all this as a observer. He's like calling all his buddies, all his skateboard buddies, like, come yeah. over, man. It's going to be live. Getting pizzas. They don't even know. The, the pizza dude. The pizza Yeah, they're just getting so pizza good. booze. And they're like, they're going to break into yeah. this fucking house. They got chicks and fucking picnic blankets. Uh, blankets and uh, they're going to have a party while the neighbors are going to infiltrate the scary neighbor's house. Yeah. Diversion. It's fucked. It's so fucked. <laughs> so they spend the most of the day digging in the backyard. They don't find any bodies. They go, they break into the back, into the kitchen to start in the basement to look for bodies, which is never, I'm like, you're on the first floor. I'll yeah. tell you, just look around. It's 89. Yeah. People, <laughs> people were burying people in their basements then. Oh my God. It's so, a common occurrence. Yeah. And they go down there and they discover this massive furnace that's been making this awful noise throughout the, I guess they're, they've been there for a couple of months or whatever. Yeah. And he goes up to 5,000 degrees. You know, normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Powered by bat- car batteries all over the place because they've knocked out the power in half the town. I guess hoping to get the, uh, the, was the, uh, the alarm system knocked out, but they knocked out everybody's power. That's like a forgotten thing, like furnaces in your basement. Yeah. Like, I don't, like if you watch old movies now, I don't think people would like, think about like... It's a Christmas like, story. What the hell's her... The old like, man is in their basement. The, yeah. yeah like, the old man fighting like, the basement. Nobody has furnaces in their basement anymore. It's like, you have a furnace, but it's like... This little square yeah. box. It's nothing. It's not like just a monster. Like my house, it's like it's built in like the forties, but like there's still like a hole in the side of the foundation where you have to like feed coal down to the basement. You right. Know, and they're like shoving it into the furnace. That was a thing. Like, it's like it's just a horrifying thing if you had to go down there. When I was a kid, my friends had a house that had like the giant furnace in the basement. And they would go down there and like take me downstairs and be like, You wanna go see the basement? <laughs> and it'd be like I'd walk down there and he'd be like the cellar. They're like, this is where Freddy's hellhole is. Right. And like yeah. my Never mom Street. took the me fuck? home. My grandma's like, what'd you do today? And I told my grandma, I was like, I went to hell and back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Oh, my nope, God. not hanging out with those like, kids anymore. Like, the furnace in the basement's like, I totally forgot. Right. But this is like, obviously a fucking crematorium. Yeah. You know, <laughs> obviously they turn it on. It's shooting flames like five feet into the air. They find the soil underneath this table is soft. So they're like, that's where they bury the bodies. And then and they're they dig, out. they dig and they dig and they hit a fucking gas line. Oh man. It's so good. And they got to get out. By this time, the cops, the, 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 the Klopex have shown up. Didn't everyone's too busy. Not no, not to notice them showing up. They back out of the fucking neighborhood. Go get the cops. Which makes them look like good people. Cause they're like, these people are broken into our house. Go get the cops show back up. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> the house blows that up. That was awesome. And then, then Corey Feldman tries to stop him. He's I, like, "No, fucking don't arrest plants." Yeah. Hey, it, it's it's uh, and uh, they make it out. Nobody dies from this explosion. And uh, oh my God. at this point, Tom Hanks is like, "You know what? They were right. Yeah. You, my wife was right. You were wrong, Art." And they get in this big argument. He says, "I just want to go home." 
<laughs> he just he just throws himself on the fucking. Oh, he's like, oh, he wants to go to the hospital. Yeah. I've been blown up. We're the bad guys, not them. Oh shit! And then the twist. Harry Gibson. They are the, the those people are the bad guys. Yeah, while he's in the ambulance, uh, Courtney Gaines takes over the wheel. Harry Gibson is like the main clopex. Is he doctor? And he's like, you saw my skull. <laughs> you looked in the furnace of course you saw my skull i let you keep the femur because earlier they had found a femur and ray's like joining their dog pulled it up or something he's like but i want my skull and it's just like oh shit there's is real <laughs> everything changes from there for like the till the end of the movie it's great it's a great fucking ending and the turn yeah and it's great it's a, yeah. like you said it is it is great it was fun and uh, if by chance you haven't seen The Burbs, even though we just told you a really shitty rundown of it, you should watch this it. This whole episode's a great though. It's like, oh, like yeah. we're just chopping them up. It's just we, if you haven't seen these movies, you should be yeah. seeing them right oh, now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone should see The Burbs. It's yeah, great. you should see The Burbs. And then you could maybe watch Gremlins too. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Gremlins 2. I'm not even going to go into that one. I do like it. Um, But uh, the best thing you could ever, the best way to describe Gremlins 2 is if you've ever seen the show Key and Pill. Yes. uh, Just just look up the skit about Gremlins 2 because that is absolutely how they wrote that movie. You want this in there? Fucking do it. Um, It's like, what if we just had a, it was like an electric gremlin. He's like, you just took a noun. The verb put it together. <laughs> He's like, it's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> is great because Rick Baker takes over the effects. Um, it's got a huge budget for what it was. They were they, he didn't want to make it. I'm going to run through this because we are been this episode's going to be forever long with the last one. But fuck it. Um, and it's really about commercialism. It's kind of like Ted Turner takes over, and yeah, it's if, if Ted Turner had control of the Gremlins, even though at this point he doesn't. You know, it's, it's not. He doesn't go that far with it because he's, he just wants to destroy them. But you know, if this was the oh, way yeah. around, he'd be doing it. It's great. Yeah. Rob Ricardo, it's the whole gang is back. Yeah, the Christopher Lee's in this one. Christopher uh, Lee, from what I read, like Christopher Lee apologized to Joe Dante for being in Howling 2. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like when they made that movie, he's, he's like, I'm, part so, of it. I'm so sorry for being in Howling 2, man. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, and, and it's one of those movies I used to complain about because I was like 80s. Uh, sequels are like the joke version of the original that was his intention with his film yeah so when you yeah yeah. but you know as a kid i was like fuck man you messed up with ghostbusters 2 now you're gonna do fucking gremlins do the same way it's like all the sequels of the movies that i liked just got sillier this one did it on purpose yeah and but with a huge budget it was like triple the budget i think Christopher Lee's in it. They do a whole little Leonard Malton thing. With Leonard Malton was like a, a a film critic back then, and he trashed Gremlins. And they had him in the movie getting attacked by Gremlins. There's so many little sight gags at the very end of the movie. Because I mean, if you haven't seen Gremlins too, you're we're not. This is one we're not going to spoil because we just don't have the time to go through it. But my favorite part is the whole Hulk Hogan end. <laughs> just comes out of fucking nowhere it's like what if we put hulk hogan in the movie right the movie? where it looks like if you're at home it's like your vhs snapped and then hulk hogan shows up because the gremlins are doing it and if you're in the movie theater it's like the the film gets st- uh, stuck and burned yeah and they're, they're the gremlins are in the projector's so, booth i think there's an alternate take of that too. that's what i'm talking about it was a vhs yeah yeah i was gonna say because i remember seeing it in the drive-in yeah and uh being like, oh, oh no, the movies. Oh no, it didn't break. And then you see the fourth little, wall. Yeah. So I mean, this this one's definitely much more goofy. Um, also, uh, Slayer's in it. Slayer. I got like, that written down because yeah, the Angel yeah. of Death when Angel uh, of Death stripe. Or I guess in this one he's like Mohawk. Yeah. When Mohawk changes into the Spider Gremlin. Um, 
There's yeah, so many more intense. Really the intense. solo from Angel of Death. Yeah. Like every time I hear Angel of Death, I think of Gremlins 2. I think of Mohawk from Gremlins 2. Oh, no, just Gremlins 2 in general. Um, yeah. There was the first, the female Gremlin. Yeah, it was that one was, of the first. And that's you've seen that every Halloween. Don't know what the fuck it is. That's what it is. There's a Gremlin made of salad. Yeah, <laughs> salad yeah, gremlin. Right. Salad gremlin. Oh, there was there was the uh, there was the it was the um, smart gremlin, the bat gremlin, the spider gremlin. gremlin. Yeah, there's so many electric. And they had they had smart. names uh, like uh, the the one with the googly eyes. His name was Daffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the the, the yeah. first like four originals that come out of the uh, you know obviously the same thing happens. They get yeah. wet. They get you know they get fed, but then they multiply into like fucking thousands yeah. in this mega huge like Trump Tower bullshit fucking the clamp thing. cable the clamp network. yeah clamp cable network and clamp uh clamp was pay- who who's what was that guy it's got- John Glover yeah there's a lot of people in this fucking movie mm-hmm. man uh uh Robert uh Prosky who played grandpa he was in Christine as mm-hmm. the as as the the guy who owned the garage that Christine was in yeah. and you don't even recognize him because he's such a great character in Christine you're like what a fucking dick and then you see him this he's like a sweet old little guy I didn't like Al Al Munster you know the uh, Al uh, whatever his name is from the Munsters playing Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Al Lewis. And uh, it's like, holy shit, he can really act. He's fucking, yeah. I hadn't seen him since, at least my, me personally, I hadn't seen him since uh, Christine, where he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And he tells you he is. <laughs> There's a ton of cameos in that. Mm-hmm. Fucking long duck dongs in it. <laughs> yeah, Ken Watanabe uh, playing another kind of oh. fucking racially insensitive character. He's a the... photographer and all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, wow. The yeah. twin scientists are the... Oh, guys from T2. The guys from Terminator 2 yeah. plays himself yeah. getting stabbed in the eye. I know. <laughs> and they're like, like we're gonna we're gonna cut the budget by ten million dollars here. It's like special effects. Throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> twin brothers. We got twin brothers. <laughs> and I forgot to mention that that uh Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. Oh yeah, yes. Howie Mandel and then Frank mm-hmm. Welker is uh Stripe, I think. Yeah. Um, Howie Mandel did used to he did a whole bit about him doing like the voice of uh, from the Gremlins, he did a voice from Muppet Babies, and he did one more voice from somewhere else. He's in Transformers. All, He's yeah, in. they were all basically the same voice though. Oh no shit! And he was like, he was like, I did one voice, three characters. I've made a whole career off of it. <laughs> like, you're a genius. Yeah, he's in Scooby Doo. I mean, he's in so many things. And this right? movie lost money actually. A lot of Joe Dante movies started to lose money. <laughs> a fifty million dollar budget and only made about forty one point five. Again. But I love this piece of shit. Yeah, the Burbs, oh, I love the Burbs Bond, <clears throat> yeah. uh, Explorers Bond. I mean, like you we talked about, it, 1984 was the last big hit he had with Gremlins. Uh, we can talk about small small soldiers because it doesn't make sense. So we won't. Looney Tunes back in action. There's the movie he did, The Hole, uh, Burying the X, and then Nightmare Cinema. But let's let's just end it with Matinee. Matinee is a really important film when it comes to horror fans, even though it's not really a horror film. It's definitely a love letter to William Castle. Absolutely, man. And a movie about the Cold War. Yeah. (laughs) Been using scare tactics to make money. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in this movie that's like, fuck yeah, man. I rented that movie when I, whenever it first came out, I rented that based solely on the fact that John Gooden was on the cover of it and there was a giant ant in a movie theater and a bomb in the background. Like, I was just like, I'm in. Like, I was like, I need to rent this movie. Yeah, why can't they make movies like that anymore? There's a fucking atomic explosion in the background. There's like John Goodman. I forgot I had the VHS on the wall. Here. Yeah. Like, it's like that cover is well, amazing. It's that old, that old movie experience. Like, he, he said, you know, the giant ant and the bombs going off. Yeah. And, you know, 
um, all the all the stuff he did in the cinema uh, in the movie for their movie. It's very like it's it's you know I think I think of it as uh, like it's uh, William Castle. Yeah, exactly. Oh, straight yeah. up, it's the Tingler. It's the, you know, Tingler, Emerge, sorry, that's all that stuff, go. right? And there's there's it's all like nod to that early or that '60s cinema when cinema was dying out because TV was big. Now nobody's coming to the movies. So they created these gimmicks, and that's what he does. He plays Lawrence Woolsey. Uh, John Goodman does. Kathy Moriarty is his wife. Um, uh, Ruth Corday. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has these ridiculous names. Uh, Simon Fenton, or uh, Katz, or Omri Katz. Is that how you pronounce his name? He's from Hocus Pocus, Erie, Indiana, which is a fantastic little show that Joe Dante actually helped create. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's Omri Katz. Okay, good. I'm Omri awful Omri. with names that have more of the syllables than mine. Omri and Katz. <laughs> Robert Picardo's back as the theater manager. Dick Miller, of course. Uh, John Sayles, who, like I said, has wrote, wrote a few of his scripts. He's actually um, his little sidekick. And then in this movie, it shows like they, they have uh, John Goodman's hired like fake protesters to up the ante with, you know, making yeah. the neighborhood like, we're going to watch this movie. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. There's so many little things in this film that are fantastic. And it's all one big ode to like William Castle films, like oh, yeah, House on the Haunted Hill and all yeah. that stuff where there's a gimmick and. And this one, it's you know, it's the, he hires some neighborhood punk kid to dress up as a the mant, yeah, the man, the man. <laughs> the seats were like the rumble rama, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, if you've seen popcorn, it's the same thing. It, that's their love letter to William Castle. This was Joe Dante's, and you definitely need to check this movie out. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Arrow Video actually put out a fantastic Blu-ray. I need to pick that up myself. So please do. But like I said, we're going to wrap it up because we've been talking a long time about Joe Dante, but we're going to talk a little like we're going to go on. There's an awful web series called Splatter. He did with Corey Feldman. Don't watch that. <laughs> and when you do and then Don't you hate me, I try Corey to, Feldman. it's awful. Uh, Joe Dante also created the trailers from Hill website, which is a big fucking deal in, in, in 2007. And uh, it was really it's really fun. You should check. Uh, you can see, see a lot of those on YouTube. Um, there he did. He's in the In Search of Darkness documentary because I mean the dude's all over the eighties. Uh, he did uh, Police Squad in the sixties. He did Amazing Stories. I mean, there's so many things that we TV couldn't get to. We Holy shit, man! Masters of Horror yeah. episodes. Um, he's almost specifically just TV now at this point. Yeah, I think so. And there, right now, I lo I looked up. They're doing a Gremlins Secret of the Mogwai. I don't fucking believe it. I don't know, man. I hope it's a thing. The last Gremlins thing they made was that fucking commercial. They did a new Critters movie, so maybe they're going to do it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And that was really fucking good, let me tell you. Yeah. <sighs> but we're definitely going to wrap this up, guys. We have been talking and talking and talking. And uh, and we, we missed Derek, but Ace has been... That's, that's good. To, I'm glad you I've came in. Trying. Thanks, I've been trying. Thanks. Trying to do it. No, it's okay, man. More I just need more like face slaps. Trying to be as negative as possible. No. and talk about how much I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Derek missed fucking Piranha. Or how you pronounce it? Piranha. Piranha. <laughs> uh, any closing arguments or closing quotes or anything you other want to no, talk about? No, man. Uh, I just want to know what's your favorite Joe Dante movie? The Howling. And I wish Derek was here. <laughs> so he could tell you like, how you're wrong. He'd be like, no, I fucking hate you, We should have just called him real quick and be like, Steve, like, we should put him on. We could have had him fucking call in. Oh, man. <laughs> we well, missed an opportunity. Maybe next time. For me, it's going to be Gremlins. I Like I said. Oh, it's, yeah. I've, I've got it tattooed on my body. I love that fucking. <laughs> you better like it. Yeah. I love that fucking movie. I watch Dave it Dave has all two Gremlins tattoos, by the way. I do. Nice. Where's the second <laughs> one? And they're fantastic. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to I have a mogwai? <laughs> you taint have a mogwai. <laughs> if you get them wet, <laughs> I'll just it say you taint going to know. 
<laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Ace? Ace, what's your favorite Joe Dante uh, movie? Man, it's probably The Howling. I mean, that's as I think far that's as his, horror. Like he peaked early on that one. I think. I'll go ahead and say. But like The Burbs is so good though. Like The Burbs, and the, but it's almost like two different kinds of genres. Though. It like, is. Uh, like I love The Burbs because it's so quotable. Like there's so many things you can quote from The Burbs. Yeah. Just anything. Like, the with Howling Dick is so. Good. Dick Miller. Fuck, that's everything. Kevin McCarthy, Dick Miller, uh, Belinda Velasky. Uh, uh, he's. He he loves to his people, and then I think as far as I remember, being as a kid, he was the first person to do a lot of things that people have been doing since: putting directors' names in movies, putting all a million Easter eggs, using the same cast and crew. I mean, he's just been doing it. What, Dave? Not nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Yes. Uh, I need to thank you if you're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We're on every fucking thing. I'll let Dave do it again because I oh, always bumble, bumble, bumble. Find us on Apple iTunes, said, Google Podcast. Anchor FM, Castbox, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Move Your Head Ace, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners. No, yeah, we're in 15 countries. countries now. 15. We were in 14 Ooh, last week. Yeah, somebody yeah. else said, let's listen to these assholes. What, 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 what country was that? <laughs> I can't remember. I think the Netherlands, Paraguay, and uh, it started with an S. I can't think because I'm awful. Thank you. <laughs> Singapore. Singapore picked us up. I have no idea why the fuck. I nice. mean, uh, yeah, weird. I'm with Derek. He's just one guy with a VPN just changed. I hope shit. so. I love it. Thank you all so much. <laughs> We're out of here. Have a good night. <laughs> yep. Morning, whatever. Start with this. Sexy. Sexy country. Sexy country.